If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. You're not going to say it? Ghostbusters. Thank you. Thank you. I Now I feel complete. Well, you know, now I have to rewrite the theme for this podcast. Ugh. Probably because I sang it off key compared to the theme I of gotta, the podcast. I got to auto tune your voice to make sure you're singing. Just to call match. me T Pain. So you were in the key of mm, B major. I was going to, yeah. Or and, and the podcast theme is in the key of E flat. Okay. Thanks a lot. Well, should we just start over or. No, no, right, we'll, we'll, we'll run. We'll, all right. we'll run with it. All right, I got it's a feeling okay. that this episode is going to be nothing short of awkward now. But all right, here it's we go. Fine. If listen, if this marriage breaks up, you all heard it here first. Okay, that call your lawyers exactly. now. Hide your kids and hide your wives. Well, I was going to say so. I was going to say that. Oh, it's a podcast. Right. Oh, oh, oh we're on right. the air. We're on the air. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of. The Osip Foundation you is like completely way overblowing I'm, I'm the channel. Blowing to everything it. up. So am I so, actually. Okay, Let's go. I was gonna that. say that thing looked a lot more red than it should, but Okay. Now we're good. Okay, we're good? All yeah, right. we'll be All right. good. How you play the game, OSIP. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> this is the uh second episode of the month of July. The year is two thousand and nineteen. Glad you can be with us. Yours truly, Jack Furlong with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. As always, we are electronically available at osafoundation.org. Our email address is podcast at osafoundation.org. And social media is facebook.com slash osafoundation. Twitter and Instagram, both at osafoundation. And feel free to use the hashtag how you play the game. Across the way from me, as always, the producer engineer who is pushing all the right buttons and making me sound better than I actually am. And then auto-tuning as well, Mr. Sean Ryan. Hello, Sean. You smell that? Oh, is that your your grandmother's sauce, mm-hmm. or are we calling it gravy? Uh, she called it red sauce. Okay. Um, I'm I just I'm just making it without the meat. She normally adds meatballs right. to it. Normally there's added nothing, meatballs there's nothing, to it. See, that's the thing. I didn't know this until college, which makes me a terrible Italian. Was that the idea of adding meat to a red sauce was very foreign to me? I never knew that until college. Yeah, there's different ways to make it. Yeah. So I'm making it with sans, sans meat. That means um, without in Francais. Right, because yeah. I'm vegetarian. Right. And uh, so, yeah, using 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 her recipe to the best of my ability. and Slow cooking it since the dawn of... 7.30 this morning. There you go. Which is dawn to you. Oh, my God. Well, it's pre-dawn to you. Well, depends. Dawn on, to you is like noon. It depends on what time of year it is when the sun actually comes up. Because... In the summer, the sun might come up a little earlier. That doesn't mean I'm awake. It might. It might. It might. <laughs> we I'm don't placing, know this I'm, yet. We I don't can, know this yet. I'm, I can place a reasonably Science good bet. Science may might tell us that it does. That was actually an incredibly good argument I heard in a philosophy 101 class my freshman year of college. Oh. No relation to when I found out about meat and red sauce. Mm-hmm. But um, my philosophy professor was talking about how we can't necessarily predict the future. We can just place a pretty good bet as to what's going to happen. So he takes a pencil and he says, if I take this pencil and hold it up here... And then I drop it. I just let go of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
the odds are that the law of gravity will take effect and it will drop to the floor. However, because that's in the future, I cannot say with 100% certainty that that's what's going to happen. I can place a pretty good bet that that's what's going to happen, but I cannot say with 100% certainty that when I let go of this pencil, it will go this way. That's going to open up a whole can of worms. Oh, man. So we do not endorse the use of LSD here on the podcast. (laughs) Um, All right. All right. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. Okay. Uh, We got some just some quick stuff to get to today. It's going to be kind of a... I say it's going to be a quick episode and then we go on for an hour, but uh, because we got a lot of really cool things in the works for a couple of upcoming episodes that you're not going to want to miss. So we're uh, kind of just going to speed through some stuff today. Um, you know, the, the, the place I wanted to start would be the following. If you've seen the news across this great nation, a story has gotten a lot of attention coming out of Lakewood, Colorado. Um it's the story of the brawl at the little league game uh, where the parents were just going at it because of a 13 year old umpire right. who was officiating a seven year old baseball game. Um, actually I should say it as a baseball game for seven year olds. If it was a seven year old baseball game, that's we, a that would be a lot game. of innings. That'd exactly. be like 5,000 innings. I mean, it depends on how many breaks you get because I'm assuming yeah. somebody's got to take a nap somewhere. I guess so. I, I mean, just, or use the bathroom. Or you, I mean, Let's not get crazy here, okay? We all know that baseball players just pee their pants, okay? Of course. What was I thinking? Obviously, you weren't. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) um, you know, when when the story broke, obviously, I had everyone coming out of the woodwork sharing the story with me and with OSIP and whatnot, and kudos to them. You know, that to me means that People are paying attention, and that's a fantastic thing. I think I maybe I Even, posted it. I think I posted too. on your yeah. wall. So or something. I mean, every, I mean, it came out of it came, yeah. everyone came out of the woodwork to talk about it, and 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 in a nutshell, that's fantastic. Um, I think that the question was then raised: Why haven't we, as an organization, done more with it? And I was thinking about that last night as I was preparing for this episode, and the answer that I came up with is that. Because everyone else did something with it. That makes our job that much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, as an organization, our goal is to not exist. Right. You know, our goal is that we want this world to be changed for the better so that we don't have to exist to tell people that you need to have good sportsmanship. You need to calm down. You need to treat each other with respect, etc. And to a certain degree, from a certain point of view, that's what happened here. The incident in itself was horrendous, but the fact that it got picked up by the news and was broadcast nationwide uh, kind of does our job for us, and that's kind of a small victory on our on our end, you know. So, as a result, it wasn't really necessary for us to do too too much, you know. I mean, we we did touch on it a little bit with T Mac in our last episode because we were talking about workplace violence Mm. um, with regard to umpires and what was going on in major league baseball at the time. Um, you know, but the the Machado, the Machado thing. Exactly. But there wasn't, there wasn't too much else for us to do. I mean, the the whole thing kind of took care of itself. I mean, it got, it got broadcast on good morning America. Um, Mm -hmm. and all these different news outlets, just picked it up. Um, the um, the the thirteen year old umpire and his family were hosted by 
uh, Major League Baseball umpire Chris Guccione, who wears number 68, uh, who's a Colorado native. Oh, great. And, and, and he happened to be in Colorado for uh, a series just prior to the All-Star break. And so he hosted the entire family there. And MLB uh, and Ump's Care Charities picked it up and whatnot. And everyone got on board. And, um, you know, you, you saw the coverage of it, of what they were able to do to encourage this kid to keep umpiring and to show that, you know, everyone's behind him. I mean, the, the, uh, the crowd was behind him as, at the plate conference. Uh, both managers of the Dodgers and the Rockies, Dave Roberts and Bud Black, respectively, were were involved in it. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. just got involved because they realized what a good story this was. How, or I shouldn't put it that way. How important of a story this was. Did they allow him to hand out the card? Basically, they, they what, they, the what they did was they brought him out to the plate meeting. And uh, that day, it was Corey Blazer working the plate. I think he mm-hmm. wore his sleeve number 89. Okay. Um, and basically he was there and had uh, the kid uh, check the lineup cards with him. You know, basically. That's you know, really you know, cool. Like, and he was wearing a, a, an umpire jersey and what, like they did the whole thing. Like, like the, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great way to bring a silver lining to kind of a, a, a bad situation. Right. Um, <clears throat> you almost wish that it didn't happen because then these people wouldn't have been acting in such a horrendous way. But mm-hmm. this is how you take, you know, a, a very poor, unfortunate thing and, and spin it into a positive. Um, I mean, the, the police in Colorado in Lakewood, Colorado have already uh, handed out 12 different citations to different people. Mm-hmm. Two of those people were public employees in Colorado. I think in the city of Denver, and they've been placed on administrative leave as they wow. as they go through an investigation. I mean, they have really the police have really cracked down on this thing. Um, the local league that had this has come out and publicly apologized for it, put stuff on their website. They have since uh, canceled the season for those two teams as a punishment. Wow. You know, um, which which is another talking point in itself because you feel bad for those seven-year-olds. The seven-year-olds didn't deserve to have the rest of their seasons right. canceled. But what better way do they have to teach these parents a lesson? It's almost as if they're teaching the world a lesson. Yeah. Instead of the because you have to look beyond just the the just the direct consequences to both teams. You right. have to look at okay, this is what happens when we don't act like human beings. Exactly. Exactly. Um everyone everyone has to be taught a lesson. Right. It's unfortunate because the seven year olds really I mean, they're the ones who are suffering the most as a result of this, but that should teach everyone else, unfortunately, that this is what happens. It's also a PR thing, you know, in the, in the, in the wake of all of this, I'm sure they thought, listen, we just got to bag everything so that we can handle this properly. There's no, you know, in a, in a, in a perfect world, you would not want to do that. You would want to do the full investigation before right. you, before you <clears throat> act. But like much how you see people who were accused of things are put on leave and, and, and whatnot while they do all this kind of stuff. I mean, they were kind of just like, no, this is, this is done. This is, I mean, there's video of this. There's, there's, you know, it's not just, 
threats. It's not just a, a, a hearsay story. They've got this on video and it's circulating the web nationwide. Yeah. You know, so for PR purposes, we have to do something now. Um, so long and the short of it is that even though this is a very poor situation, I felt it was necessary for us to comment on it because so many people did something about it. You know, um, that makes our job that much easier because because we then don't have to act, you know, and, and in a weird way, that's a good thing. Right. You know, so... I mean, not that we shouldn't because that's right. what we're doing now. Exactly. But I think the most important tool um, with regard to poor sportsmanship or incidents that occur all around the world is awareness right and education mm-hmm. and it seems like the rest of the world has already done that for us exactly exactly so yeah that's that's the most important thing is making people aware of this yeah i and how to prevent it in the future right i once asked a question way back in the day when uh when i was doing my radio show and i asked my partner why are we even giving these people the airtime when we talk about this stuff you know why these people are doing things that are so horrendous or you know just it's so unfortunate and disappointing you know why are we giving them their 15 minutes of fame and my partner said to me because this is how we call them out this is how we point out to them and to others that this is not acceptable um it's unfortunate that we have to do it it's unfortunate that we have to give them their time in the spotlight so to speak but it's the lesser of two evils because hopefully what we're doing is we are making a point uh, to other people that will go much farther than this incident that says this is not okay. And and we prevent something in the future from happening because we're doing this. And, and it needs to be discussed, right? Exactly. I mean, that's that's the whole point of it is to... You're make... doing more of a disservice by not discussing it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, it's not going to go away. Right. If you don't discuss it, right? Um, not that it will completely, even if we do, but hopefully the idea is to mitigate these these occurrences from happening. Right. Just to educate more people and exactly. to make them aware and right. to and to you know it's not if you can and we've said this if we can affect one person, we've accomplished our mission. Mm-hmm. You know it, it's. Um, what was it? A few years ago, we got that basketball, the the signed basketball for that kid. Yes. What, yes. What, can you just refresh? Yes, I can. So a couple of years ago, um, you know, we we would do a couple of different uh, local fairs, um, and I, OSIP does. OSIP does the fairs, and I I, I want to say this was the Hopewell Harvest Fair, which mm-hmm. does a fantastic job. Uh, Every year, and they get they get better every single year. You know, like we've done a lot of fairs, and I'm not going to name names, but there are you know there are some fairs out there that are just getting worse and worse, or mm-hmm. don't operate each year, or they're just they just don't have their act together. Mm-hmm. The Hopal Harvest Fair has been going on since I was a kid, and the group that they have in place now has taken it from kind of a low point and have turned it into this fantastic uh, event that is so simple. And yet so effective. Yeah. I mean, last year when I went to the grant ceremony, it was the first time that I can recall where the amount that everyone requested was granted. And they said that, and they said they had money left over. 
that's how good they were. You know, we always, you know, you always put in like, uh, you know, if you want, you know, if, let's say I'm just picking a random number. You want $500, you put a thousand and they'll hopefully give you 500. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, this was the first year where whatever you wrote down was on the check. So that's how good. That's the, pretty amazing. That's how good of a job they're doing. Yeah. So anyway, we, you know, we, we held a raffle because we were working at the time with, um, I believe it's the Gazelle Group, which mm-hmm. operates out of Princeton. Uh, they are uh, in charge of a lot of different collegiate athletic tournaments and whatnot. Um, so, for example, if you watch uh, college basketball, you have the obviously the NCAA tournament that, that dominates March. Okay, mm-hmm. you have the NIT, the National Invitational Tournament, and then you have a bunch of lower level tournaments that occur not just then but also throughout the college basketball season. So you get a couple of things over like Thanksgiving and New York and and whatnot. Um, and that's where they get involved. So a lot of these like lower level minor tournaments and we were working with them and they gave us some memorabilia to auction off. And one of which was, uh, an autographed basketball that I believe was signed by a couple of different, uh, high ranking college coaches at the time. And, uh, so people put in for this and, uh, we, we drew a winner and this little girl won. And so we, we mailed her the basketball and she mailed back with the help of her mother, a card that she made herself that was it was a thank you card it was colored it mm-hmm. was it was you know it was very beautifully done she said thank you she said i'm always going to remember to te- you know treat other people with respect and have play with good sportsmanship mm-hmm. and whatnot and you, you would almost have to imagine like the basketball in itself didn't even mean anything the autographs didn't mean anything to her just the fact that she was she won mm-hmm. and was rewarded for this that's what touched her and then the, and she didn't even have to write the card no she didn't and she went out of her way to do that. And I think her mother even said, like, she did this on her own. This mm-hmm. had nothing to do with, she wasn't prompted, whatnot. And so, how old How old is she? Oh, she was probably no older than 10. Okay. I would say in that general vicinity, maybe even a little younger than that. But, I mean, that in itself is the prime example of how you, you affect one person. Especially right. in the ages of where breakthrough learning still occurs. You know, because breakthrough learning ends very, very early in life. And and as kids get to, you know, those middle school ages and beyond, it's much harder to reach them sometimes. And you plant that seed then, and all of a sudden, it's it, it sprouts into this beautiful tree that blossoms so many good things. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we do what we do. That's the reason that we exist, because you can you can affect people that way. And 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 that's just so wonderful. We still have that card. I still have it in, my, in a in a in a file somewhere, just because we were we were so tight. And I think I scanned it and sent it to everybody. You frame it. I, I, if I knew how to use frames, I would. <laughs> Plus, it's also hard because it's it's a card. So you open it up, and there's stuff on the inside and the outside. Oh, hmm. you know. So if you frame it, you're well to get a double sided. Frame. Just it. hang it in the middle I was of the say, room, hang it like, a, like a like a like mobile. a chandelier. Exactly. Yeah. And spin it around exactly, and and let my non-existent babies watch it while they fall asleep. Right, you know. So I never understood people who frame jerseys. You know, like they're signed mm-hmm. jerseys. Okay, you know, there's something on the front too, right? Whatever. Okay, that's just me. Yeah. I but I digress. But you know, you mentioned early learning and breakthrough learning, and you go back to these seven-year-olds on these teams. I think they learned. I mean, I the fact. I mean, they all know what happened, right? 
And they learned that there are consequences for that. And even though they had nothing to do with it, it's, well, they had something to do with it, but they were playing the game. They were playing the game. But even if some of them were good sportsmen to begin with, we don't know. Right. Um, you sort of taught, you know, you blanketed the whole team and saying, Hey, look, I know a lot of you, most of you would never have done anything like this. One being as young as you are. And two, you know, not being impacted yet by what people at higher levels are doing, Mm -hmm. but I hope that you learn from this situation. I hope none of the people on those teams who decide to play in the future will perpetrate right. that act, you know, who, who will, who will commit an act of bad sportsmanship because they know, wow. Yeah. There are, there are consequences right. for this. Right. Um, it's what, a shame. Really. It is a shame. You know, and, and to kind of piggy, piggyback <clears throat> off of that, what you also hope is that the message gets through to them because there is the possibility, I would assume that, you know, the, the parents, of these kids who were cited, who were, you know, given official legal citations, maybe they're putting up a fight. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're so narcissistic that they're saying I did nothing wrong or anything like that, which they're, you know, they're allowed to be, you know, to, to plead not guilty. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, now granted things are on video, so it's kind of hard to, uh, to, to fight that. Yeah. But you would just hope that if a parent, you know, goes through that, that they, they then teach their kid that you shouldn't do this because there, I would imagine there, not to be a Debbie Downer, but there's a possibility that some of these kids are then going to be brought up in a household where they're going to say, I did nothing wrong. You need to stand up for yourself. You need to fight, blah, 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 blah. And unfortunately, you know, that could still affect a kid. You, so you just hope that these kids learn that, that's not what it's supposed to be, you know, because there is that that unfortunate mentality in our society and especially in our nation where you you basically feel like no matter what happens, you're treated unfairly. It's not fair that, you know, yes, okay, by the letter of the law, I, I broke the law, but he started it, you know, so he should be in trouble, not me, you know, and, and no one will... T- will take responsibility and say, okay, yeah, that person did start it, but I'm just as guilty because I, I was involved in it. I threw a punch, you know, I shouldn't have done this, you know? So you just, you, we're not going to know those consequences. We're not going to know what happens for quite some time, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that kind of actually gives us a little bit of a jumping off point into the next story that I was going to bring up because unfortunately we don't know what's going to happen with those kids. We don't know if those kids are going to get the media attention uh, years down the road where we can monitor these kids and figure out whether or not they learned properly. You know, it would actually be, you know, kind of a good thing maybe from the standpoint of maybe for like a couple of college professors to monitor these kids over the next 10 a years. Character study. Exactly. And see what happens. But I just don't know if people are going to do that, you know, because the media you know, wanted the good story of the, of the kid who, you know, the umpire who was uh, then, you know, lauded for what he did and blah, 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 blah. Well, but, you'd be surprised because a lot of, you know, spinoff stories are huge. Yeah. Now with the I, can media. Only, I can only hope that 
we were able to follow that. Mm-hmm. And maybe by no news, it's good news right. that, that these kids you know, learn the lesson that unfortunately they had to learn. Or if, or just to put another possibility to it, maybe one of those kids uh, does, uh, uh, performs an act of good sportsmanship. Right. Exactly. And hopefully that's highlighted. Right. Right. From the incident that they learned we from. We can only hope. We can only hope. But speaking of things that, that won't, that don't get highlighted, unfortunately, around the same time that this happened, we had another incident of what's being called workplace violence that got no national attention, okay? And to me, this is equally as bad, but it, because kids weren't involved, because it didn't go viral, even though there was video of it, uh, it was not picked up. And this is what's unfortunate. This is where we have to step in and talk about it because no, you know, it's not getting the, the attention that it deserves. So... Um, there was an incident that occurred uh, shortly thereafter of this whole thing in Colorado in Des Moines, Iowa, where a, uh, a softball player, a male adult softball player, um, assaulted an umpire during a game um, at the Greater Des Moines Softball Complex. Uh, this stemmed from a foul ball call during a Sunday softball game uh, between grown men. So the man who was the suspect in the case, 29-year-old Lance Raymond Ulrich, um, purportedly was the player who was upset at the umpire over the call and used profanity in the furtherance of his argument. Uh, The article from Close Call Sports continues to say that according to police, the umpire ejected Ulrich after which Ulrich purportedly pushed the umpire to the ground in a moment partially captured on video, resulting in injury. Another player in the game told the station that was reporting that the umpire terminated the game following the incident, likely forfeiting the concept in favor of uh, Ulrich's opponent. The video shows the result of a man in a black jersey, presumably Ulrich, appearing to shove the umpire to the ground, upon which this person appears to stand over the fallen umpire while saying something in his direction before players wearing red jerseys tend to the umpire, who remains on the ground as the alleged suspect walks away. A person in camera range then says, quote, call the police. After his arrest and booking at Polk County Jail for the violent crime of assault causing bodily injury, alleged criminal Lance Ulrich was was purportedly released on bond. Um, According to the National Association of Sports Officials, or or NASO, uh, Iowa has not passed laws yet related to assault on officials. Um, According to GoSoftball.com, Ulrich of St. Mary's, Iowa, is a member of the Des Moines-based Clutch Softball team. Arrest records indicate that Ulrich is associated with the nearby city of Norwalk, Iowa. According to Iowa Courts Public Records, two cases have previously been brought against Lance Raymond Ulrich. um, One for registration violation in 2017 and another a civil suit filed by Home Point Point Financial Corps in 2018. Uh, Court records indicate that the latter was recently resolved. Um... The initial petition filed in that case pertained to a foreclosure. Uh, and other reports indicate Ulrich formerly served in the military. So he's a he's a vet, too. Um, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. <laughs> so from what I from what I understood to the the uh, the umpire who was pushed to the ground, suffered a broken wrist as a result of this, uh, probably like an elderly gentleman who, mm-hmm. who braced his fall. 
and 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 broke his wrist as a result of that. Um, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame. Uh, this this story does not get the recognition that that it deserves because we need to highlight this and show people that this is inexcusable. Um, if we look for the silver lining to this case, I might say that this is one person out of however many who were there who acted inappropriately. Um, you know, the, 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 every member of the opposing team came over to tend to this official after he was pushed down. And, uh, that, that says something that the entire opposing team was like, you can't do that. That's wrong. Tend to this man, call the police, get help, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, and the fact that this guy has prior records, you know, and, 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 and then you throw in the fact that he's a veteran. I mean, that, that's another curveball, no pun intended, because now you start getting into things of, um, did, was he, was he court-martialed? Did he leave honorably? Or, you know, was there a reason? PTSD, he, maybe. Exactly. Was it PTSD? Or was it, is it because, you know, I, I hate to break it to people, but the, you know, the methods used in our military are such that you break a person down and rebuild them, you know, mentally so that they are a soldier that follow or will follow orders. They don't, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't necessarily have the ability to think for themselves. They're do, you know, they, they do what their commanding officer tells them, which may mean, you know, going to their death. Mm-hmm. And, and the psychology there um, really affects people because against their better judgment, they may be told to do something and then they say no. You know, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Finn in uh, the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a stormtrooper who uh, gets a mission and on his first mission, he decides he can't do this anymore. You know, um, so that's a Star Wars reference in case anybody was wondering. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so so here we are talking about how the nation did the job for us with the first case. And mm-hmm. then we have to step back in and do the, do the job for this case. Right. You know, so it's, there's, there are no words, you know, it just is what it is. And again, you have to, you, you have to say innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And the video evidence here, uh, you know, takes place shortly after the incident occurs. Um, you know, you would hope that, with all of the witnesses there that they can all kind of, you know, point the finger at this guy and whatnot. But, um, did any of the, um, members of the, of Ulrich's team? It doesn't say, but what I will do is I'll try and, uh, pull something up here. Because I mean, what, let's just see if, uh, there's been any update. Because here's a possibility, going back to the philosophy thing. Right. Because what if, and I'm, this is devil's advocate here, what if, the opposing, what if the opposing team was currying favor from the umpire by going up to him and making sure he was okay? That makes sense. Now, when I'm not saying that's what happened. Right. But that's not outside of the realm of possibility. Because if you're saying that no one from Ulrich's team went up to the umpire, I mean, because compassion is blind, right? right? It's supposed to be blind. If someone gets hurt, you would think people from both teams or everyone 
would go to the umpire's aid, not just the opposing team. Now, granted, also, I mean, the video that I saw was very much incomplete. Okay. You know, so I don't want to comment completely on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going off based on what you're telling me. And that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. As I as I Google his name, uh, nothing comes up other than the story from Close Call. Mm-hmm. You know? Um it's it's a shame because there's literally nothing else. There's literally nothing else. I'm trying so many different combinations. All right, here's the story from. Yeah, it's the same story basically. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been. Nothing has changed. Just he was arrested, is uh, charged, and right. that's it. Hmm. Um. I'm going to bring up one page here. The the, the television station that uh, was cited here. Alleged assault against Des Moines umpire called embarrassing by witnesses. Um, young lady named Ray Ann Smith uh, is, the, is the witness here who reports that he was swearing at him saying, what are you going to do, old man? What are you going to do to me now? Um... Continuing, it was the most embarrassing thing I'd seen in quite some time. He's a grown man. He should know better than that. Um, The good news is that the umpire wants to get back out on the field. Um, All right, here's a big thing. George Davis is the president of the Greater Des Moines uh, Umpire Association. And he claims that in the last five years, there have been at least four assaults on Greater Des Moines Umpire Association umpires. And it is a big reason for their recent umpire shortage. He says, quote, sometimes as a society, we need to take a deep breath and realize it is recreation at the end of the day. Um, So, yeah. That's, hmm. uh, so that's the only other thing that we can report is just that Iowa needs to pass this legislation. Right. You know, that's all we know right now. Yeah. Um, let's move on to our final story of the day. You might remember some time ago that uh, we reported on the incident with um, the young man from New Jersey who was the wrestler who had to cut his dreadlocks in right. order to... Um, what was his name? His name William was Will- Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson. No relation to the president. Yeah. Um, basically, what has happened, to kind of give everybody an update, at the time that we were recording this, there's still no update. Okay? Okay. And the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, there's been a lot of questions moving forward with the NJSIAA with trying to understand what's going on with the situation. Basically, the official in question was um, was not given any more assignments, and I believe he is actually suing because of the emotional distress and lost wages and blah, 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 blah. Because unfortunately, as we've said before, this is not an open and shut case. Everyone and their mother is clamoring that this guy is is a racist and, and you know, this is all has to do with, with all those, those things. And I'm not going to deny that, as, I've, as we've said before, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. in officiating, that doesn't always come down to how it's supposed to work. And we've given the example before of 
in high school sports, the rules are different than in professional sports. Um, there are different playing field rules, different interpretations that you that you have to understand. And there's a lot of ambiguity with it. The one that I always cite is in high school baseball. There is uh, no legality what to what's called the hybrid stance. The hybrid stance is when a pitcher who we've seen in the major leagues does this. Pitcher is supposed to have one of two positions. He's either going from the windup or the set. All right. The windup, you have both toes facing the plate. And the set, you have your the side of your foot against the rubber. Okay? The hybrid is where you kind of split the difference between the two. You've got your foot kind of on the corner of the rubber. And the theory behind it is that it's supposed to be a wind-up pitch, but with less movement. So you are conserving movement as you are going into your windup. The problem, according to high school rules, is that it deceives runners. You don't know if they're in the windup or the set position. And so they've made it illegal. And high school officials have to enforce this and say you can't do that. Um, there's a lot of gray area to that. When is it consistent? You know, you, you just, it's just, and, and then you get, you get people yelling and screaming about how ridiculous it is. And, I mean, it's just, it's such an obscure rule that doesn't get properly enforced by enough officials that the, because the, because we just don't know the clear definitions and so many, what, what, what makes it worse is that so many kids are being sent to professional pitching coaches by their parents and those professional pitching coaches are teaching the hybrid stance. And then they get to high school and they find out they can't do it. And there's a big problem. All right. So anyway, the reason I say that is because of the, the, the vagueness of this rule. The vagueness of this rule is about the, the, the hair of a wrestler. And in previous matches, this kid did not have to cut his hair. And in this match, he did. And unfortunately, by the letter of the law, there is too much of a gray area to make this kid have to or, or, or have a case to not do it. This official, regardless of the, the, the claims that he may be racist, especially from his past, was well within his rights to do that. And then uh, the, the NFHS, which, which National Federation of High Schools, which governs all of these rules, comes out and says, no, there's really, he didn't really have to do that. And basically cuts him off at the knees. And yet they show diagrams and they talk about it and they're just like, no, we don't understand. This rule is ambiguous. You can give us all the interpretations you want of it. It's still ambiguous. It's just not feasible to properly enforce some of these rules. I understand why you have them, but the way they're written, the way that they're enforced, it's just not an open and shut case. So as a result of all of these things, the investigation into this whole thing is still ongoing. The NJSIA and everybody have just said, look, we're still we're still trying to investigate this. We're trying to do our due diligence, etc. And that's fine. Okay? That all being said, New Jersey is now trying to pass a bill requiring sensitivity training for coaches and athletic directors. And this stems from this incident. Okay? A couple of different articles here that talk about it. Um, this one is coming from uh, CoachAD.com. says, um, Bill directs the state's commissioner of education to develop the program, which will be also required 
Uh, for sports officials, sensitivity training topics must include gender and sexual orientation, race and ethnicity, disabilities, religi religious tolerance, unconscious bias, and diversity and inclusion. Um, under the law, uh, the NGSIA must require the coaches and athletic administrators at its member schools take the training every four years. New coaches and athletic administrators must take the training in their first four year in their first year. I'm sorry. Um, this whole thing deals with that, but it has nothing to do with the way that we treat officials. So we had a perfect opportunity to really kind of blanket all of the issues that we face at this level. And instead, we're going for a gray issue where the investigation is still ongoing. Uh, this one is from this article, which covers it is from WHYY.org, which is our local PBS station. Um, Not, so not only uh, is this about the racially insensitive things that occurs, but there are also uh, overtones because they believe that uh, minorities or people of different genders were not getting the opportunities to be a head coach. So now we're trying to uh, diversify that as a part of this. Um Earlier this month, a slate of New Jersey lawmakers introduced a separate bill that would ban discrimination on the basis of someone's hair. Okay. And here's an op-ed piece. This is from NJ.com. Um, this, this piece is an op-ed from the editors of uh, South Jersey and uh, NJ Advanced Media, South Jersey Times. And basically, they talk about why New Jersey should wait to expand this bias law. Uh, it says here, quote, well-intentioned as it might be, new state legislation based on how a Buena Regional High School wrestler was mistreated because of his dreadlocks is so broad and subject to misinterpretation that it ought to be held for now. Again, we're talking about the vagueness. It's, I think it's Buena. Is it Buena? Yeah. Not Buena Vista? No, because it's Buena spelt differently. B-U-E-N-A? Buena. Is it B-E-U-N-A? It's B-U-E-N-A. I think it's still Buna. Is it Buna? I think so. Okay, so I sound like an idiot. <laughs> How does that differ from your normal schedule? I don't know. It's. Um, I mean, it's... It's very subsequent I mean, of me. <laughs> Listen, I'm no better. No, no. We're talking to a man who didn't know that was the Death Star in the Okay, trailer. here okay. we go. <laughs> there it is. All right, continuing on... <laughs> Both Senate and Assembly versions were introduced earlier this month. The synopsis reads, prohibits the discrimination on, on basis of hair under law against discrimination. The actual text is almost as broad, citing traits historically associated with race, including but not limited to hair texture, hair type, and protective hairstyles, such as braids, locks, and twists. Um, what happened to Andrew Johnson uh, was humiliating. There's simply no valid counterpoint. Uh, the whole thing was handled badly by a referee. Okay, again, now this, this op-ed is going into um, a, a, a serious opinion about the, the official um, who well, was well within his rights to make that determination, even though he had this checkered past. Um, going through the, the whole thing here. Da, 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 da. 
The NCAA, in response to this, uh, has removed all references to hair length from its wrestling rules now. Um, The referee's lawyer notified the NJSI that the ref intends to sue over defamation, emotional distress, and lost income uh, in the amount of $100,000. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that situation in a vacuum... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, based on what he perceived to be the rules... And how it could endanger Johnson by having his hair exposed. Right. Then he made the right call. But, I mean, on the other hand, he does have some skeletons in his closet. Right. And, I mean, it's not really... It's it's really a very difficult matter to... I guess, decide or come up with, I mean, formulate an opinion because again, you're, you're dealing with so many sides of the coin. This has gone from a two sided coin to a four sided coin, which doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It makes no <laughs> but you get yeah, what I'm I saying. Know what you're saying. Well, look at it this way. Does, I mean, is there anybody who doesn't have skeletons in their closet? I mean, no matter how we look at it, mm-hmm. in any situation, anywhere in life, right? you could go back and find skeletons in anybody's closet. Yeah. Okay? I'm sure there are skeletons in my closet. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, I heard someone talking about this last night uh, where they said that, you know, they were making, a, they were making a, an analogy saying, you know, if you go on a first date with a girl, make sure that you have 16 of your best friends in the restaurant so that they can watch and make sure that nothing happens. Because God forbid you ever make it as some sort of star celebrity or per- person of high importance, that lady might come back years later and claim you raped her. Now, granted, that's a little bit of an obtuse analogy. Right. But, again, that's, that's the nature of this whole thing is that... No matter how we look at this, the whole thing is just going to th- it's going to just blow up into a, a, a thing of a different proportion. I mean, this guy, this referee, has the skeletons in the closet, but in an isolated incident, in a vacuum, like you said, this is he was well within his rights to do that. And here's another thing: he but, was almost obligated to because right? that also that also not to interrupt, but no, that also brings up the point. Well, if he was allowed to, we said this before, if Johnson was allowed to wrestle before, that means the officials before that didn't do their jobs. Exactly. And I'll throw so, a, what, so what happens then? Let me throw another one at you. Liability. Okay? As a, as a baseball umpire, I have a requirement and the responsibility that if I hear thunder or see lightning at any time, I call time. I get the, the, the players and everybody off the field and I wait 30 minutes from the last strike of either lightning or thunder before anybody is allowed back on the field to warm up to resume play. Okay? If we go back, if I ignore the lightning or thunder or I go back onto the field or let everybody back onto the field before that 30 minutes is up and something happens, I can be on the stand being sued and my insurance may not cover me. 
Right, okay. because then now what if something were to happen with Johnson exactly. at that round exactly. if he was seriously injured as right. a result of his hair? Right. What and, if- and now and, and the referee would be, he would be damned if you do, damned if you don't. So let's also look at why this rule exists. It's kind of a two, a, another coin here that only has two sides. Oh, okay? okay. On one hand, the hair could be abrasive and could be used in Johnson's favor to gain an advantage while wrestling. On the other hand, the hair could be long enough so that the wrestler he's wrestling could grab it and use it against Johnson. Mm -hmm. So the whole reason that you have these coverings for this is to prevent both. You're preventing it from being used as an advantage for either wrestler. So when you're telling Johnson to cut his hair or to put a head covering on, you're basically telling him... We don't want any wrestler to have an unfair advantage. It's not rocket science, I don't right. think. Right. Now, the the I guess the antithesis, the other side to this is, well, maybe it could have been done in a different way. Okay. You know, maybe they could have either had a headband or a head wrapping head covering is what they call it. A head covering to to ready right. just in case something like this happened. Which then And if not why make him do it in front of everyone? He should have been, it should have been dealt with in private. Right. So, for you example, know. you could then say it's the fault of the team for not having the necessary equipment. Okay. Right. So, you, as, a, as a team, especially a, a scholastic team, which has funding, you should have the necessary equipment available to you so that in the event something like this happens, you are prepared and ready right. to go. Because it is humiliating. Yes. I mean, to get your hair cut in front of every, like your identity right. cut off in front of everyone. Right. This should have been dealt with go in, in the private. Room. In private. Go in the bathroom. Go in the nurse's let's office. See if go we in can, the trainer's room. Let's see if we could come up with an alternative. Right. Maybe we can find something that'll, that'll be acceptable. Right. Was this uh, referee basically saying, cut your hair right here, right now? No. Right. He said, you either have to cut your hair or you have to forfeit the match. And the kid chose to do it. And they did it right there. Right. Could have been done anywhere. Yeah. So, it could have been handled differently. Yes. And that can't be placed on the ref. I don't think. It's not like the, you know, it's not, it's not like the ref said you're going to do this or, you know, you're going to die. Right. He gave you two, two options. And then you chose option A and you did it right there. So what am I missing? You know, yeah. I just it's 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 infuriating because it's we we obviously want good sportsmanship and and we are trying to expose people to all the sides of every story as well in cases like this because the media and the general public will just latch onto the negativity of this story, make this guy the bad guy. We do that in in our society way too much in so many different places. I mean, I think of politics and how just because an elected official is not aligned with your political affiliation, everything that they do is evil. And, you know, there have been studies done where they basically set, you know, they test people on the street to say, well, this guy decided to do X, Y, and Z. And they said, oh, well, this guy's terrible. Well, actually, I just fooled you because it's your guy who mm-hmm. chose all of this. And then they're, they're shocked. You know, because, mm-hmm. again, you just align yourself with the majority. People are more followers than they are 
leaders. Um, well, because I don't think people, well, research isn't quite the best word for it, but I, people don't read. Right. People don't do, I guess, all right, I'll say it, research enough to formulate their own opinions. They don't take the time to critically analyze right. situations where they care. And when they and when they don't, they don't have the courage to say publicly, if it ever comes up, listen, I just I don't know enough about it to formulate an honest opinion. Which is an okay thing to say. Yeah. You know? A lot of and, and I, you know, going back to this case mm-hmm. with Johnson, I'm sure there are things that we still don't know that occurred that we can't formulate opinions mm-hmm. on. I mean, we don't know what other members of the team felt. I mean, maybe not completely. Maybe we know some of them, but and I'm sure there's access to them if we read enough into We're the story. We're getting all this stuff secondhand through yeah. various news outlets. We weren't there, okay? It's the same thing as kind of like when you translate something. Once you translate a passage of text from one language to the next, it loses something. It's like a mm-hmm. game of telephone. Yeah, And the exact same thing has happened here is that this has gone through a number of different filters of the incident occurred, then it's reported here, then it's reported here, then it's reported here, and people get the information from all these different places. Stories are picked up by other exactly. you know, and, sources. And, and then they're spun in ways to properly, you know, to in order to try and give a certain opinion out there. So rather than just reporting a story, people just automatically assume that it's bad and they go with it in that way, you know? Yeah. So, in my opinion, in my view. in my view, said Tim McCarver, <laughs> it's not even so much that this case keeps going on and that the the issue has nowhere been or hasn't been anywhere near resolved. It's the fact that we're trying to pass the sensitivity training stuff as like a knee-jerk reaction to a lot of this stuff. And we lose sight of so many other things that have to be addressed here. And take take the ref out of it uh, in that specific case. Sensitivity training should also include how we treat officials, how we treat each other, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disability, or religion. Is that maybe that's on there? We don't know. Do we know the specifics of it? All of these things reported say that this is those are those are the factors of what they hope to accomplish. Okay. Okay. But while that's all well and good, maybe we need to learn just to treat each other with respect, regardless of those things, mm-hmm. regardless of what our role is, whether that someone is our teammate or our opponent mm-hmm. or just the impartial official. Right. You know, maybe we need to pull it back a little bit and say, here's an idea. Don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Okay? Have a little empathy. Rather than point fingers and look for what's wrong with everything, look for what you can do better. You know, there are a lot of situations in life where we, we're quick to judge, we're quick to come up with fault and whatnot, when in reality, there was ambiguity on our own side. And maybe if we had done a better job ourselves of crossing our T's and dotting our I's, we would have much more of a airtight case to argue our point just which is the case here okay you can point the finger at the ref and say this is his fault Mm -hmm. but maybe the team should have had a head covering available maybe the team could have handled the whole thing differently maybe other officials could have enforced things differently 
You know, maybe there, there are so many other ways that this story can go rather than just saying it's this one guy's fault and we're going to make him the scapegoat because that's not fair and that's not how this should work. You know, you can't, we, we can't condemn people when there is that type of uncertainty. Right. It's just unfortunate that he's had those other things in the past. Yeah. I mean, that's... But I guarantee you, everybody has that. Right. No one is no one is free of that. And the only people who truly know what those skeletons really are, are those people. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because if I use myself as a random example, if someone finds skeletons in my closet, I can come out and publicly say so many different things to explain why those skeletons are there. And I could convince people that that's really what happened. The only person who knows what really happened is me. Right. Okay. As George Costanza says, it's not a lie. If you believe it, I think that's the perfect. Place. I'm the chairman. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect place to end this episode. Yeah. You know, with a nice George Costanza reference. Yep. Uh, Sean, thank you as always. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, this was a good one. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody uh, tunes into our next couple of episodes. We're going to have some fun stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and we're looking forward to it. And um, so, as always, stay in touch with us. You know, keep those comments coming. Keep the conversation going. And until we talk next time, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.